0: You can be opening your Bibles to First uh, Corinthians, our lesson will be coming from there. I do want to mention today, Holly and I celebrate 18 years. I didn't know when I came here uh, 21 years ago that uh, how well it's hard. You you just can't imagine what all is going to happen in in the future at all it's hard to figure out isn't it but one of the great blessings is that God blessed me with a wife very quickly he blessed me with a good wife who has really put up with me and supported me and just uh, just I can't imagine having a better more supportive wife so uh, thank you Holly and happy anniversary you all will be impressed with uh, what I've gotten her as a gift. I'm getting the boys out of the house for a week, and I'm going out of the house for a week, giving her plenty of quiet and peace. And when we come home, she'll be so happy, and it'll be great. <laughs> I, have, I can't believe that we started going to this week of camp. I have no idea how that happened. It's always anniversary. We used to hit Jay's anniversary, Jay and Charity's anniversary with the, uh, the family camp when we used to do that. They'd be up at family camp celebrating their anniversary. Well, I just leave and go to Fort Hill. I'm just gone. She's not even there with me. But that's the way it goes. But God has blessed us richly. And uh, it's it, and God has blessed me richly with a wife, with family, uh, with church family. Uh, the Lord God is just good to us. Today's lesson. That's what we need to get to. Uh, the title is, What Do Others Think of Me? It turns out that we're... Always trying to figure out what others think of us. It, it, it really messes with our minds at times. And if we can't figure it out, we're, we're left wandering. And um, if we don't communicate well, it's, uh, it can make difficulties. And a lot of times we make assumptions towards what other people think of us. And sometimes those are assumptions turn out to be wrong... And we might not ever even learn that. So what the lesson is today is I want to encourage us is that we're to realize, number one, that we're constantly, whether we even want to or not, we're constantly thinking as we're in a conversation with somebody, we're, we're thinking about what do they actually think of us? How do they feel about us? That's what we really Or interested? Do they even like me as I'm talking to this person? Do they like me? Do they care about me? Are they trying to help me? Are they trying to hurt me? You know, it's just like we're always trying to figure out what's in somebody else's mind. And so often that affects how we act. It affects the things that we say. It affects how we respond back to them. So I think Scripture talks to us about this. And the basic message I want you to come away with is don't stress over thinking about what somebody else thinks about you. Just look to him and let him, let God above, let the Lord Jesus Christ, let him and his thoughts toward you be all that matters. So I want to remove some stress from people today. Trying to figure out what other people think. You're always trying to please everybody this, that, or the other thing. You know, just relax. Please the Lord God and serve Him. And then don't worry about too much about what other people think. We want to be in good relationships. We talked about that a couple months ago, right? We want to be in good relationships as far as it depends upon us. We want to live at peace with everyone. But also realize you're not a mind reader, and even if you could read somebody else's mind and try and please them, that's not the point. We try to please God, and we know what He thinks about us, and we know what He wants us to do. So, that's the gist of it. Now, let me see if I can make the point from maybe a strange place, perhaps the beginning of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 1 and verse number 2, Paul, beginning of his letter, just says who he is, says a name of somebody who's helping him do this letter, and he tells who he's addressing it to. 1 Corinthians 1, 1 and 2. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Sosthenes, our brother, to the church of God, which is at Corinth to those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, saints by calling, with all who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. So first point on the outline, if you're there, I want to encourage you, don't be overly concerned with what others may be thinking about you, but be confident with who you are in Christ. I want to make the point from the scripture we just read a second ago, but let me just finish making this point our our view of others is often based upon how we think others view us. That was the point. I learned that when I when I got to college and I took a um uh, a basic, I think it was a psych, psychiatry or uh, not psychiatry, but a psychology class or something or a communications class. That's what it was. It was basic communications and part of what affects our communication is we're constantly if we're in a conversation we're trying to figure out what actually is in the other person's mind and how they feel about us and that affects how we respond and talk back to them we got to focus on just listening and not try and make more out of what the conversation is than what we can know a lot of things we do with communication is nonverbal communication and i looked this up because i said in the uh introduction that people constantly are assessing verbal and nonverbal cues to figure out what others think of them so here's some of the things that when we're in a conversation with somebody and maybe you're doing this to me now and maybe i'm doing this to you because if you're not looking at me i might be thinking i can be rattling on something but what i'm really thinking in my mind is charity actually listening <laughs> did i it, did I just see Holly roll her eyes at me? <laughs> you know, it's uh, you know, there's all kinds of things that go on in our mind. Preachers, are, you know, it, it can happen to preachers too while we're talking. So we we'll pick up on these nonverbal cues: facial exp- expressions, gestures, um, paralinguistics such as loudness or tone, tone of voice. I um I actually I had a uh, um, Um, something on YouTube popped up for me and it was a street preacher. And it was actually before a Reds game. And this guy was going on. I don't know if he had uh, um, one of those megaphone things or not, but but he was talking loudly. And he was, Jesus says you need to repent. Everyone needs to change. You need to change your ways and come back to God because Jesus Christ died for you. And then it paused a second. And then I heard him say, here you are, ma'am. Oh, please take this. Take this and read that. We're really, we're really concerned about you. We love you and Christ. I hope you know him. And I was just like, whoa, this same guy, which, which one is he? Is he the guy that's angry and, and God's going to send you to hell if you don't change your ways? Or is he the guy that says, ah, oh, God loves you? I, you know, it's like, it, that's linguistics. Because everybody listening to his preachers, they're like, if he's up there loud and angry, I don't want nothing to do with that, God, right? And I kind of understand that. But if you just just judging by his message, he was telling the truth. People do need to repent because Jesus died for them. But he changed his tone when he was talking to somebody close. And his care and concern came out. So that's paralinguistics. We... We—that's a nonverbal cue. Even though it's from the, the the voice, it's a nonverbal cue. You're making a judgment of what he's thinking based upon how he's saying it. All right, body language fix in there, proxemics or personal space. If I'm leaning in, maybe you think, "Oh, he really means this." Um, you know, eye gaze and how you know if there's touch going on, just appearance and. objects and images kind of come into play as we communicate. There's all these things that go into communication that make communication difficult. And most of those things can help us learn and understand what the person's saying, but also realize that we might be making misjudgments about what the person's actually thinking because we are misunderstanding them, and we just really need to listen and hear what they need to say. So... Our view of others, all of that's just kind of coming back to this idea that how others might think about, be thinking about me, that's that's a big question in my mind. And it affects our communication and it affects how we think of us, how, how we think of ourselves and how we think of others. It really is uh, kind of a, a, a little beast when it comes to our view of others and our even our own view of ourselves. So now... We get to Paul's example. This is, the reason this is coming to me, surprisingly enough, is because of verse number one. When Paul says, you know, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother. That just that first phrase, there's something important here. And he is saying in this verse, he's saying, my name is Paul and I want you to know who I am. I am called, it's by the will of God, he is one who has appointed me to be an apostle. That's who I am. God called me to be an apostle. And you know why that's important? Because he's telling them, I really don't care what you think about me. What I care about, and that's probably overstated, a little bit hyperbolic there, What he's saying is, what I care about more than what you think about me is I'm answering to somebody higher. God called me to be an apostle of Jesus Christ, so I don't care what you may think about me. I answer to God. And I heard that in this passage, and Paul often starts his letters with I'm an apostle. God appointed me an apostle, I have authority. And the reason is because often people were attacking his authority. And I know that in this letter to the Corinthians, there were people at Corinth who were attacking him and questioning his authorities, trying to affect how others might view Paul or how they might listen to him. Um, In chapter 4, 1 Corinthians 4, verses 3 and 4, Paul says there, but to me it's a very small thing that I may be examined by you or by any human court in fact I do not even examine myself so here's the kind of this idea your 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 translation maybe says judge you know you can you come at me you can judge me you can examine me you can prosecute a case against me that's fine I'm fine with that I don't even judge myself I don't examine myself Verse 4, for I am conscious of nothing against myself. Yet I am not by this acquitted, but the one who examines me is the Lord. So Paul's saying, Man, I'm good, you guys coming at me, you're saying all kinds of, or some people are saying all kinds of bad things about me. I'm okay with that, because I'm not aware of anything in my conscience, in my heart, I know, I don't know of anything that there is a problem between me and God and he's the one that I will answer to not you we don't answer to others we answer to the Lord we answer to Jesus Christ Jesus Christ is our Lord Lord means he's our master he's the one who's in charge of us we answer to him we don't answer to other people so when, we, when we're talking with others and we're, you, you know, we start getting into this little mind game where we're trying to figure out what they think of us, that's pointless. All we need to be concerned about is what Jesus thinks of us. And they might, maybe they'll start to get angry at us for some reason. That doesn't mean we have to get angry back at them. Because what they think about us doesn't really matter. Maybe they've said something that makes us think they don't like us. Well, it's okay if somebody doesn't like you. You might, first of all, you might be misjudging that. You might have a misunderstanding. They might really like you, and then you're going to start avoiding them because you think they don't like you, and that's really not the truth. That's a terrible thing. But if that person, in fact, doesn't like you, that's okay. You're going to still treat them the same Because that's what Jesus wants you to do. Jesus wants you to be kind to them. Jesus is the one who dictates your actions. And we're to love everybody. We're to treat everybody well. We're to share truth with everyone. Now, A little caveat. We can adjust our behaviors to some degree based upon um, who they are in Christ or not. Like Paul said, I become all things to all men so that by all means I might win a few. You know, we can, we can kind of change and, you know, if you're, if you're talking to Jerry Clark, you might want to talk about Frankenstein, you know, but uh, if, if uh, you're talking to Richard Prince, you can talk about making cakes and things, probably learn a thing or two from him, you know, so you, you can adjust your behavior and your conversation by who you're talking to, but we don't have to fall into this trap of oh they don't like me or they think this about me or now how what am I going to do just you are you answer to Jesus and that just takes a load of stress off doesn't it you know I, I mentioned our our anniversary today we're celebrating 18 years and you, you know in marriage you can have all kinds of miscommunication right and sometimes it could be like a, you know oh, I, don't, I don't know why Holly's mad at me and you know it Turns out, she has a headache or something. You know, it just, there was something else bothering Bad day at work. You know, it's not always, she doesn't always have to be mad at me. Like half the time, maybe, you know. It's like, you know. But the other half. But you just ask, you communicate, you know. And don't try and think you can get in somebody's mind. You don't have to play that game. Because it's not your goal in life to please everybody. It is your goal in life. And our objective is... To please our Father in heaven. To have Jesus in our lives. We can't change what other people think about us. Uh, You know, maybe we can affect it. But the main thing is we've got to be just Christ. Be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. That's who we are called to be. Okay. So that's Paul's example. And you might... Think that you know I was overstating this case to grab this from verse number one, but I think it's true. I think it's fair to say as you look at verse number one again, Paul called an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. He's just saying this is who I am. I answer to God. I'm going to as a messenger of God, apostle, one sent to carry a message. I'm going to carry that message, um, and it's the true message. Do with it what you will. You can bash me all day long, but the message is true. So you see how he has overcome people coming at him and he's just, he's content with who he is in Christ. So let's follow Paul's example and be confident with who we are in Christ. I stayed that on the outline there. I want to encourage you in that. Even if you feel like somebody's judging you, got a bad attitude towards you, it doesn't matter. Just have confidence in Christ Jesus, he's all that matters because you know what? If God is for us, who can be against us? It doesn't, it doesn't matter what other people think. Romans chapter 8 verses 31 and 32. What then shall we say to all these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son but delivered him over for us all, how he, will he not also with him freely give us all things? God's going to take care of us. Jesus went to the cross. We looked at the, this this is why we gather every Sunday is the communion feast that's up here before me. We've already partaken of. Psalm 22. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That's how it starts. Jesus' cry upon the cross. He feels betrayed and left alone, forsaken by his own Father. But we also know that there that God comes through for him. And then Jesus accomplishes a terrible, awful task of dying for our sins and taking our sins upon him. Taking the punishment that we deserve. He accomplished that at the cross. He did it. And then God rose him from the dead. If God's for us, who can be against us? Uh, God didn't spare his own son. But raised him up, man. God's God's there for us. He gave up his son, but he was also there for his son to bring him back from the dead. He's going to be there for us too. So let's trust in that. Let's rely upon God. Be confident in Him, and try not to get caught up in the game of what does this person think about me? You know, and this is it helps at work too, doesn't it? Because if you're trying to make the boss happy. You know, so you can't always read into the boss's mind. She might not always give all the, the right cues, and she might be upset about something else that happened, and you think she's upset about something that you did. And, you know, it's just you do your best. You answer to God. You know, and, and God wants you to please your boss as best you can, and just do that, and don't worry if things go sideways somehow. You don't, you know, it's, it's okay. God's for us. Who can be against us? That's a wonderful, wonderful thing to do. I also want to say this: this is an important um, concept too. I, I make one last point on that top of the outline. There, it says, "Don't assume you can know what another uh, person is thinking. You may be wrong." Um, communication's a funny thing. Uh, so, to, I've already stated this a couple times, but to make the point, there was uh, when I was in college, I was in the chorus, and we'd go around and sing at different churches. We'd have the big bus and, um, and go from place to place and usually get to a, a church in the afternoon and then be singing our concert that evening after we practice in the afternoon and stuff. So we arrived to a church I think this was down in Mississippi just to have a vague memory of this one because it was so, so interesting and so um, yeah, so embarrassing. But right before I got off the bus, I think I was carrying something in my left, left hand, and I had to sneeze and i just made an awful mess of my right hand it was terrible and i you know what you know we just arrived here and i'm thinking all right i need to get into this church building and um, head straight to the bathroom so we get off i'm walking off the bus carrying something and there is a welcome committee there for us and a gentleman walks up sticks out his hand smiling as big as can be to make us feel real happy reaches out his hand hello welcome here and I just, you think a college student would figure out the right way to handle this. You know, I'm like, there's, a, it's like, how dumb can we be at times? Well, we can be, or you else know, I can be pretty dumb. So I looked at him and smiled and said thanks, and probably looked really awkward as I said that, and turned and walked right by him. I didn't, all I had to do was, and I, I can imagine he was probably thinking, these people, these kids from Fried Hardeman, are as rude as can be. Maybe he, it might be that he didn't even come to the concert that. I, I don't know. I don't remember seeing him again. But you know, he probably—if he's still alive today—he might still have a negative thought towards me in that interaction, or towards the whole school. He might not like Fried Hardeman because of what I did, and he just thought we were snobs, stuck up. Something. Who knows what he would have thought? He might have thought. That dumb kid probably sneezed in his hand and couldn't <laughs> couldn't shake my hand. So anyhow, all I had to say was, sir, I'm, I'm so happy to be here, and I apologize. I can't shake your hand because I just sneezed all over it, and i am got a mess. You know, it's simple as that. Embarrassing, yeah, but at least communication is good. So don't assume. That guy probably still thinks I'm a pretentious uh, hoodlum. I don't know. But don't assume you can know what another person is thinking. You might be wrong. Don't make assumptions like that. Focus on God, his love, pleasing him, and then how you treat others stems from that. Paul, dealing with difficult people in a difficult situation in Corinth, he says, this is is going to be all that matters to me is, I answer to him and I'm going to share with you the truth. Go through your life like this. And we'll discuss. Uh, there's not much um, at the bottom of the page, but you can you can read it. And uh, if, if you think it's important, you can uh, consider that. I don't know if I'll come back to it next week or not. But the main thought is, what, what do you do with this? It's, how are you going to apply this message to your life? Paul lived it out, and he's like, All that matters to me is I answer to my Lord, my Master. And I'm going to share with you the truth. And I'm going to treat you well, whether you treat me well or not. I'm going to love you whether you love me or not. Don't worry about what other people think. Just love them and treat them right and treat them good. When you kids, you go back to school and uh, it's first day and you're thinking, oh, what am I going to wear to impress the other kids? Don't get caught up in impressing others. Don't worry because you're really concerned about what they think. Don't worry about what others think. Focus on what God thinks. That's going to make your life so much easier. You guys, you young people, just Jesus is the one that we want to please live to please him and to other people we want to love them with all our heart everything just the way that god loves us we want to love them so that's what we do but we don't have to be overly concerned about what do they think and all this that and the other thing life gets so complex when you're concerned about what others what others think just live to please god try and love others and serve them as best you can And that is one of the joys there is in being in Christ. It takes all of that stress about pleasing others. It takes it all away, doesn't it? So give your life to Jesus. If there's anybody who who is here today and you haven't given your life to Christ, I encourage you to do so. Live for Him. Don't be concerned about what others. He is the way, the truth, and the life. You're going to have great life in Him. If you try and please everybody around you you try and figure out what they're thinking you're you're going to be a, a mess all of the days of your life so let us live to please him if anybody needs to give your life to christ today you're welcome to come as we stand together and sing